Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. Are you showing me your dick right now? Okay. Greetings, cool boy Bat Nation, Woo! and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond. Uh, no, you're saying woo woo or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let, let's let's do a take two. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, Woo-woo. a Cool Boys podcast. <laughs> I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. Uh, so cool. Tonight's episode is A Bullet for Bullock, directed Can you by say Frank that? Parr. Five times fast. A bullet for Bullock, a bullet for Bullock, a bullet for Bullock, a bullet for Bullock, a bullet for Bullock. All right, well. You got me. <laughs> Directed by Frank Parr. Frank Parr. Frank Parr. <laughs> Frank Parr. Frank oh, no. Parr. What did I at least? Written by Michael Reeves. Michael Reeves. Michael Reeves. It's not fast, Michael really. Reeves. Michael Reeves. I guess it isn't. The air date for this episode was September 14th, 1995. And the villain for this week is Vinny the Shark. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited. Are you a big fan? So Are you a fan of Vinny? I, w- I don't know. What, he, what is he from? Yes. What is that? Shut up. I just felt like it. this was like one of your people. I had a lot of notes on this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Mike probably mm-hmm. likes mm-hmm. these guys because, like, mm-hmm. he, he's, mm-hmm. like, you know, a drug dealer. Well, I, Vinny the Shark <laughs> is kind of not really the villain of the episode. And this is, like, the first time I feel like Wikipedia hasn't flat out spoiled the real villain of the episode. You're right. That's actually that's like a really good point. First good um, point we'll get, of the season. Let's not actually let's not get into that Wait, just woo! in case people forgot that. Let's not actually discuss that spoiler. What? That's my first good point of the season. Yeah, that's, the first, that's your first good point <laughs> of the you. season. And what are you talking about? The people who are listening to this have obviously watched the show before. They remember Nivens. They, they remember they're not, Nivens. They're not watching. There is They're not like watching this in lieu of like. Wait, we're not live right now? There's not, like, a simulcast going Steve, why do you have all these cameras set up in your bedroom with me right now if we are not live right now? Wait, are you using these cameras for our after party when you do those things that I don't want to talk about? I don't even know what you're talking about. Steve, you are playing aloof really good, actually, right now. (laughs) All right. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. I have no idea. Your famous Steve-O after parties. (laughs) Yeah. I mm-hmm. wish. I wish. You wish? I wish. You wish for a dish made of fish. All right. Say well, that five times Wikipedia. Fast. Made for a wish. <laughs> I guess I don't remember what I said. Say tugboat. Tugboat, 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 tugboat. Yeah, okay. Or no, toy boat. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Yeah, I can see how that does something. That is crazy. She sells she shells by the pussy. Oh, wow. Wikipedia says someone has put a hit out on Gotham's toughest cop, Harvey Bullock. 
Dun, dun, dun. After surviving several near misses, Bullock realizes he has no choice but to ask his arch rival, Batman, to help him discover who is behind the murder attempts. During their investigation, Bullock learns that his gruff and mean-spirited manner has created enemies in the unlikeliest of people. Notes here, Steve. Based on the comic of the same name from Detective Comics number six number six fifty one, came out October nineteen ninety two by Chuck Dixon, and this episode, Steve, won the nineteen ninety six Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Music Direction and Composition. Wow. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Not for music. Yeah. It just was in that category. Yeah, but that's what it won. It won music. Oh, it did. And that, ca- I thought yeah, it was. That's all it was. Oh, okay. It was just like in in the music and direction composition category. They it won that. It beat everybody. That's why Steve were wearing our tuxes. For that. That because was the my... daytime Emmy award. You know, we didn't wear tuxes for Heart of Ice. Um, that was another daytime uh, Emmy award for writing outstanding writing in a series. And then Robin's Reckoning Part 1 was a primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Cartoon. <laughs> I think they call it Animated Program. But I wish it was actually Outstanding Cartoon or Bestest Cartoon. Interesting. A- anymore? <laughs> Maybe anymore? So, anymore? Um, just, in- just interesting? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so I started watching the season with uh, – the new Blu-rays that came out like last year, and oh yeah, it looks really good. And this was the first one that has this opening that's like this like weird composite uh, Batman and, and Robin adventures. The montage. Yeah. And I forgot about it to be honest. I don't have that on mine. See, I'm watching the old DVDs that were released, and mine is the original Eric Radomski styled bank heist. Yes. So. That's crazy. You have the montage for this. Here, I wonder go, why buddy. that is. Why is that? Well, I think that this one aired much later in the season when they were doing that montage. Oh, yeah. When they hadn't already uh, – so, like, this is another issue of the production date versus air date. So I guess I'm watching You're right. the air copy. So, Steve, as I said earlier, the air date was September 14th, 1985. Sideshow, the episode we just watched last week – was May third, nineteen ninety four. So this was a whole year later. Yeah, this I think that this is might be aired as like the second to last episode of the series. Wow, they had no faith in this episode, and it ended up winning an Emmy. You know, I actually enjoyed this because it was so sort of like down and out. You know, it was like depressing. Mm. I, I, it was because it was not on a main character. I thought it was kind of fun right. having Bullock be this real. You know, he's a slob. His place where he lives is, like, infested with cockroaches. His own neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, it eventually is revealed that he wants to kill him. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Nivens! Uh, it's just, like, he has to go to a person he hates most for help. Um, right. And he's just going crazy. Like, I thought this was a, was a good, like, sort of classic film noir uh, episode where it was very r- really utilizing like a uh, broken person and like as the protagonist so someone that you would 
you want to root for but you don't like um and they do that well i I actually thought that like over the seasons i guess or a series they develop bullock into an interesting character i think you said you don't like him um right no i don't but but i i I don't like him for the reasons you don't like up him and saving private ryan it's good it's 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 the reason the creators of the show the writers of the show the directors of the show they don't want you to like bullock either and 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 it's great it's well done it's good storytelling it's great character development well yeah i guess uh i feel like he's one of those people that um yeah you're not supposed to like him you're right uh yeah but that's kind of what's great about this steven you kind of i touched upon it i think is that um this is now essentially uh in, in production order and that's how we're, like we mentioned earlier right this is an air date it's all fucking wonky uh but production order this is next and what they had been building up for i think this is episode or production order number 67 so what they've been building up for 66 prior episodes is Bullock as this person you don't like, as this character that you don't sentimentally, you know, care for, you don't really sympathize with, you don't empathize with. He's not, you're not supposed to. But after developing him over this time and laying the groundwork over all this time, especially with episodes like um, the one where you – a POV where you had Bullock essentially lying while giving his police deposition, and then you have like Montoya – telling her side of the story and then you have like that rookie who's just everything is wildly you know you know flamed up and like turn it up to 11 it's just all wrong uh-huh. but we get in this one we do we see we see Bullock as a human being we're getting our third dimension finally for him and that's it's really well done it, it's fantastic um one of the things about it that I actually do enjoy is seeing kind of how the creators in this second season uh, with, you know, the episode before the sideshow focusing mostly on Killer Croc and uh, this episode focusing mostly with Bullock is that we're fleshing out Gotham. Uh-huh. Like we're really opening up the city more and the characters in the city. And as a second season to start that way, that's a really HBO like thing to do. That's like a Deadwood-like thing to do. That's like a The Wire-like thing to do. That's like a Sopranos-like thing to do. When they do these huge jumps and they do this massively fleshed-out thing where like Sopranos would be like, boom, look at this. It's so-and-so's cousin, and he's been my best friend or my cousin all along, and I love him so much. Don't worry. I'm not going to kill Ralphie. Oh, no. What did I do? I killed Ralphie by the end of the season? But, like, you know, like you you get these massive you know, undertakings and, and, and character development across the board of these smaller characters. And that's cool. It's really cool for this series so far to go forth and develop it that way. Definitely. I think that uh, they want to uh, expand their universe just like any series. They need to. They can't just always rely on uh, the same stories of Batman, you know, stopping a right. villain. Uh, they need to show what else is going on in Gotham. And I think that is basically uh, demonstrated in these uh, episodes that are uh, are coming up, and also uh, the previous one too. Even though you didn't like it, it was still focused on like basically the Croc and his issues of being a sideshow freak, and right. uh, you know. So there's that whole psychological element that uh, Batman, the animated series, like is is focuses on or like touches on, I guess. And if you then right. you can <clears throat> try to uh, break apart, 
But um, with Bullock, it's very much out in it's very overt, much more overt than the Croc episode. Uh, mm-hmm. That this is about like a broken person who uh, just wants you know to be. I think it seems like he just wants to do good, but I it seems that he's just so. Um, I don't even know what it is. Like, is he? He's not a dirty cop. I think it's just the effects of living in the city and having somebody like a vigilante, like Batman, that your commissioner, your boss, right? The person that you should look up to and idolize and use as a role model, as a mentor, essentially deals with this shady vigilante, right? This, 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 this darker gray, right, and shade of gray, and and that must, in some effect, like you know, mess with your psyche as an officer, and some probably become more shady, like Bullock. You know, the way that I looked at Bullock. Um is that he's kind of like uh, – did you ever watch NYPD Blue? Yeah, I love that show. I used to watch that show when I would do homework as a he's kid. He's kind of like Andy Sipowitz. Yeah, totally. Kind of, yeah, like he was like this kind of broken sort of down-and-out cop. Dennis that, Franz. That, that was Dennis Franz, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, think so. yeah, I liked him and Jimmy uh, Smith, uh, their dynamic. They were great together. Um, was but, Caruso uh, uh, in season one of NYPD Blue and then he bailed, right? season one or two or something like that yeah i think he like i think he's like one of those people who like did the the classic like one and done he was just like dude i am so big now and then he like went and did like a movie and it like i think it was jade and then like, it, it was horrible and no one uh, liked it and he was just fucked. It's hard Maybe to it work jade. with yep well but i think that they were kind of trying to show that he was an alcoholic without making it uh, by eating pizza too much and like drinking chugging soda and being all sweaty and like he's i think that that's basically his problem is that he's an alcoholic i think the reality is his problem is that he has a high fructose corn syrup addiction and he <laughs> you're, you're and that's right. way worse right. and with his overweight you know lifestyle he can easily fucking die from heart disease and now he's eating donuts and drinking coffee. He had like five donuts. That that's like insane. It also, is he drinking coffee through a straw or is that another soda? I think that's another soda. He okay. So we have friends that have this like soda addiction. It's kind of crazy, right? Uh yeah. I mean, I drink soda. I had to. I stopped. I, it's been right, but but like we have a, a friend, the, a, a mutual friend that we both share, who uh. cannot. <laughs> just stop drinking soda he's the kind of person that buys the hard plastic soda cups and takes those everywhere and has those filled mm-hmm. up and goes home and takes like a two liter of soda and then pours it into it you know like and, and there's something to be said about the fact that he's not wasting and killing the environment and wasting a bunch of trash <laughs> and you know like by getting soda cups at mcdonald's all the time or something but yeah like some people they just drink so much fucking soda it's insane. Yeah. Okay, Steve. We just had a cliffhanger act break, and it is a subway train that's about to drive over Harvey Bullock. Steve, what happened? He kind of like ducks or like it just like moves out of the way. Yeah, he like just but moves it, out of the way. <laughs> it, it it seemed uh, in the subway that I use like there is no movie out of the way if you fall down in that little area oh and, yeah and the subway's coming you are squashed I don't they think... use space efficiently in there yeah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, like, you're dead you're like scrambling to get out it's a like, lot of scary. subways do have a lip underneath uh the platform where you can roll under to if you uh, need to there is supposed to be 
a small little pocket of space for people to roll into an emergency. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like they don't have any directions. Like I've thought no. about it. <laughs> you know, like, and there's always crazy people down there, you know? So it's like oh, Jesus. some crazy person. I think uh, I think like a year or so ago, some crazy person did push somebody down uh, off the subway. Oh my god! They, did they die? No, they were able to. They like did an emergency stop and were able to get. Wow! Get them out. Thank God. Oh, but I forgot like, to mention this earlier. Bullock, um, when he's in his uh, apartment and Batman's there, you know, to meet him, he's like, "Yeah, I told you I had questions," and he's just like, "Batman's like half like naked and <laughs> like kind of on the bed a little bit with a knee up." Um. <laughs> He gets out of there real fast when they're done. I I, I think after they finish, and or Batman finishes in Bullock. Fuck me, Batman. And Bullock looks over as he's about to comment to Batman, and he and he actually catches Bats's cape going just past the balcony's edge as Batman's jumping off the uh, the balcony out of his apartment building. And I thought to myself, only Bullock would be a good enough officer to actually turn around in time and catch the cape and see it because almost everybody turns around and just catches like the drapes moving you know or uh -huh. the door just barely moving or he's just gone right this is the first time where you see like just a little hint like oh there it is there he goes so you think that that he's better than commissioner gordon i i think this episode might be making Hinting those suggestions that? i am absolutely saying steve that i think 100 percent that frank parr or michael reeves is making that suggestion Interesting. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. Oh, we had Summer Gleason, by the way. She's back. And Bullock also sexually assaults her. He can't stop. He is a monster. He's done he's, it before. He's he playing laying on the charm. I thought it was I thought it was sweet. He he's like, like he like caresses her breast or something. What was he doing? I don't think caresses her breast. I thought he just like put he like pats down his hair and he's like, Hey Summer, come on. He put his hands and in her personal space, and she had to whack him away. Mm. Oh, my God. This guy just got fucking thrown off the building. That's why you don't fuck with Batman when he's interrogating you. I love this interrogation by Batman of that um, criminal as he's dangling him. That's straight, you know, classic Batman, and they utilize that in Batman Begins. I love that when they do that in Batman Begins. Uh-huh. Swear to me. Bullock's such an a-hole. So he goes into her office and just, like, Goes through all her files and not even does it like Nicely. inconspicuously. He's he just like the throwing part. them all around so that he could never even like hide it. Like that seems like such a asshole thing to do. Is it possible we missed a scene where he had a warrant? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because if you had a warrant, he could have done all that, right? I I don't even know if you you would do that. You would just take the records. You wouldn't like you just throw box them it all up. And, yeah, just yeah, go through it back in like, the office. Uh, like come in like you're. <laughs> yeah. This trash and trash you boys. <laughs> now we go. <laughs> yeah. And then they start oh taking God. knives to the pillow cushions. So we know it's the shark, right? Vinny the shark, quote unquote, is the villain of this episode. And so Batman right now picks up uh, Bullock Your off old the curb. man, Vinny, you know. Oh, I love him. And so Batman picks up Bullock off the Drug curb. Dealer. And he gets in the And Bullock gets in the Batmobile, or he's yanked in the Batmobile by Batman, you know, hashtag me too, Batman. And he literally... You know, Batman tells – or no, Bullock is asking, you know, about Vinny the Shark. And Batman tells him he's running rock crystal out of it an cracked. abandoned auto plant out in Bayside. Is this a Saved by the Bell spinoff? 
Does, yeah, he did say the. I think it was like the Bayside. And is Rock Crystal maybe the caffeine pills, quote unquote, that Jesse was taking <laughs> that she got hooked on? I don't know, but I, I was really surprised earlier on. I forgot to mention that. I, was, I don't know that it, they did say like South Gotham crack houses. I was that they. And Rock Crystal. It. I mean, come on, that's pretty intense right there, they too. To be honest. It, yeah. Rock Crystal. So what is Rock Crystal? Is Rock Crystal crack or is that meth? That's crack, I guess, is what they're trying to say. If they're also calling it crack houses. I feel like they got away with a lot here with the drug talk. Like, <laughs> well, more so than I anti. think they should have with a kid's episode. I don't know. I think that if they're trying to... Like, scare crack, kids? Yeah, yeah this is an educational kids. episode for children. Kids are, like kids like me watched this episode way back in the day, and we're like, oh, I Those get are the it. good guys. I want to be Rock him. Crystal, of course. Yeah. I'll stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And not get caught they, in like you know fucking dealing and transporting, importing, and exporting all kinds of you know maybe whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things. I shouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't talk about it. I've been told not to discuss it, and I'm here again. So obviously there's some leeway. So maybe I can talk about it. Who knows? Did anybody come to your house? No, no, actually, no, no, nobody. I don't think no they're messages? listening. I think it was just more of an idle threat, honestly. We probably, so. I think we have like two listeners or something. So, so. yeah, it, you know, it's both of them. Uh, maybe if we get three, then we have to be kind of questioning who that. Oh shit! That's when we know that they're checking in again. Uh-huh, yeah. Fuck. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, I like how Batman and and, and Bullock are looking through binoculars <laughs> that have the distance in the heads-up display. Oh my god, I fucking loved that. I love Star Wars when Luke's looking through the fucking, like, you know, the, the scope weird, uh, and he's got the heads-up display. Uh-huh. I love that shit. I just, I don't know what it is. It's just that little attention to detail that means nothing in this animated cartoon. But just uh-huh. giving it to me makes the world a little bit more fleshed out. Yeah, I agree. It definitely makes it more realistic, I guess. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, and we had another cliffhanger act break. And how did Batman and Harvey get out of it? Um, they basically uh, use a smoke bomb. That's right, smoke bombs for the win! Yay! And then, <laughs> and then we have this whole amazing, you know, chase shootout bullshit. And then thing. they arrest Vinny the Shark. Yeah, who 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 specifically arrests him though? Bullock. That's right, Bullock does it. He doesn't do it with Batman's help at all, and he does it with a stunt. What's the stunt? He jumps off the fucking catwalk, grabs onto the uh, chain, and then swings in and hits uh, Vinny the shark in the back until he knocks him down into like a little alleyway, and then he holds him at gunpoint. In which Batman's like, uh, "Harv, don't kill him! <laughs> like, don't kill him, right? Like I don't that, think he that, calls that's, him that's Harv. Crazy. He calls him Harv. I don't think so. Yeah, he calls him Harv. Yeah, like Harvey Dent. Yeah, it's like you're acting like Harv. Everybody's Harv if you're named Harvey. You're just immediately Harv. Why do they have two Harveys? Yeah, I don't know. Because they're huh. lame and not good at writing I don't know, <laughs> the character <laughs> names. Yeah, they could have easily gone with Craftsman. <laughs> craftsman Bullock. Craftsman? They could have <laughs> easily have gone with Craftsman. Yeah, that, that or Silverado. Silverado Bullock. Uh, I'm really good with names, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh, so here's the real killer or attempted killer. Uh-huh. It's uh it turns out it's uh Bullock's uh gay neighbor. Niven. Niven. Do you think he's gay? Why do you think he's gay? 
dude, he they 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 do the whole thing where he's all dressed up like gay and he's got the gay mustache and they give him a little bit of a a lisp. And it's by the way, he's played by Jeffrey Jones. What does that mean? Is Jeffrey Jones gay? No, no, just no. Jeffrey Jones. No, but by the way, do you know about Jeffrey Jones? Do you know who I, Jeffrey Jones is? No. Jeffrey Jones is um. Uh, the uh, the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? He's the bad guy in Stay Tuned. Okay. Right? He's the the guy that becomes the monster in Howard the Duck. So I thought that they were making – so this Jeffrey Jones, doesn't he have that little mustache? He had that in uh, Ferris Bueller. He has a mustache. Jeffrey Jones is like a is a uh, registered sex offender uh, oh, wow. for, for being like essentially trying to solicit uh, child pornography and having child pornography, if I'm not mistaken. Dang. Yeah, so Jeffrey Jones turned out to be one of those ugly, ugly Hollywood types. When was that uh, found out? Uh, yeah, I, I can pull up the, sh- the documents, I guess. Give me a second. I'll look it up. So in 2002, Steve, it was actually 2002, and in 2002, Jones was arrested for possession of child pornography and accused by a 17-year-old boy of solicitation to pose for nude photographs. He pleaded no contest to a felony charge of soliciting a minor, as the accuser was 14 wow. when the offense first occurred. 14. At the same time, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. At the same time, the misdemeanor charge of possession of child pornography was dropped. His attorney emphasized that there were no allegations of improper physical contact. His punishment was five years probation, counseling, and the requirement to register as a sex offender. However, he's been arrested twice since then for not updating his sex offender status once in Florida 2004 and six years later in California. What? Yeah. Kind of crazy. So, he turned out to be a monster. Um, funny that everything got dropped, though, practically, and all he got was probation for what all that shit. It seems like that's hardly, you know, just justice <laughs> for what he's done. Yeah, maybe there's more facts to the case. I guess so. What's the guy, the the dad from uh, Seventh Heaven? Something very similar, where they like found like child pornography on him, and he like kind of like uh, may have sexually assaulted some people, and then it all got dropped as well, allegedly. Did it? Yeah. Wow. What's his name? Kevin Collins. Shit. Let me look it up. He was on It's Always Sunny in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's their real dad. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, yeah, it's his name's Stephen Collins. Steve. Uh oh. Not a it, Steve. Oh no. Not a Steve. You lost one. So in October 2014, the New York City Police Department began investigating Collins after an audio tape leaked to the media revealed a male voice. Uh, it purported that to be that of Collins admitting to past sexual abuse of a minor. The LAPD spokesperson stated that Collins had been investigated by the department in 2012 after receiving a claim that from 40 years earlier regarding sexual abuse. The LAPD further stated that its investigation did not allow it to substantiate the allegation against Collins. In a December 2014 interview, so two months later, with People Magazine, Collins admitted he committed inappropriate sexual conduct with three female minors in 1973, 1982, and 1994. A profile by the Washington Post reported that he apologized directly to one of the girls. Oh, that's nice. He has stated that his inappropriate conduct was motivated by arrogance and youth, not pedophilia. To explain his motivation, he spoke about an older woman who repeatedly exposed herself to him when he was between the ages of 10 and 15. That's that shit that when we were growing up, I listened to Loveline all the time. And that's all Dr. Dre, 
Dr. Dre, Dr. Drew always said was that like, you know, it was like this really horrible cyclical thing mm-hmm. that like people who like were going to abuse or got abused were likely to abuse. And like, it just like, it, it is, it is like one of the saddest things just to see and hear about. And like, and that might be a factor there for Stephen Collins. That's fucked up. And then of course he goes and he does some horrible shit to someone else. And well, this went down a rabbit hole. Wow. Yeah. So, by the way, what are your boys for Bullet for Bullock? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, my boys are. I don't know. I think I'd give this one four, four or five. Wow. So wait, what were you? What like, did you give yours? On? I, didn't, I don't even remember what you you gave yours. I haven't given mine yet. But like, what were you teetering on so, there? Oh, I, after that long ramble, on and on and on and on. About about all the different molesters in Hollywood, yeah. Yeah. I never gave mine, but I'm curious, Steve. You were teetering. It sounded like there for a moment. Why were you teetering? What uh, are you more on, like three or five out of five boys? Um, no, I'm just a slow thinker. Oh, okay. So four out of five boys, nice. Um, I give it one out of five boys. Dang. Um, I actually respect the fuck out of this episode. For me. The reason I can't stand this episode is the same reason it won an Emmy. Um, I hate the fucking music. The music fucking sucks. It ruins everything. The music completely takes me out of the action sequences. The music completely, like, oversells the emotion I'm supposed to have. It is nonstop. There's no silence. Wow. It's way too film noir. It's so heavy-handed. I could not stand it. It was, like, grating on my ears. I I hated that and and it's this whole amazing four out of five story. I agree with you on the four out of five. By the way, was taken down three whole boys because that music sucks and I can't believe it won an Emmy for that. Mm -hmm. I guess that was you know groundbreaking in nineties in ninety five. It just I don't know. I don't know. It was. I hated it. I absolutely hated the music. Uh, otherwise, great storytelling. Yeah, and I, great didn't, character I didn't think about it at all. Oh, I hated it. I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop hearing the music. It was just like, oh my god, this is way too much. Stop. Great bat stuff, I guess. Great bat stuff, indeed. Cool Boy Nation, tune in next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Cool boy, Bat Nation. Be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of Bullet for Bullock. (laughs) Or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at batmanandbeyondcoolboys at gmail.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boys Central content with the Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon. Also, donate to us on Patreon. It only costs a buck, and you will receive special access to content too hot to air. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy bat nation until next time it's biases from bat ballard and that's biases from bat steve
So cool. Batman and beyond. Oh yeah. Batman and beyond. Ah.